everybody. Welcome back inside the video podcast room of the State Champ Sports Network Studios on the campus of Lawrence Technological University in Southfield, Michigan. My name is Lauren Plant. The regular season is wrapping up. This is another edition of Michigan Extra Point Live. The splendid Scott Bernstein will be here in just a bit. He is en route. Uh, we actually both took a, in some OAA football this week. Uh, Scott of the crossover style between Rochester Adams and Rochester Hills Stony Creek. It's a bit of a hike between there and Southfield, so he will get here. Uh, and I had Southfield A&T trying to save their seasons. They took on River Rouge, and we will talk about both those games among many others on the show. She will tell you that she puts the Jen in genuine, <laughs> the real deal, Jenna Skalski at the table tonight. And this week is our Halloween show. And uh, it airs on State Champs. We do it every week. We've been doing it for years. So make sure you check it out. It's always really fun. We spent several hours last night At eternity. Yes, at Rotten Manor in Holly, Michigan. And uh, it was a really good time. We'll have lots of video to come uh, over the next week. We had a GoPro on Jenna that was basically just kind of focused on her face. So it was very Blair Witch style. And uh, I'm sure we've got some amazing reactions because she was uh, quite... um, into it. Yes, you know? I was scared when we did the tour before the actors <laughs> yeah. were in there, so I have a lot of content for you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's one particular scene I cannot wait to see, and that was, and I know Kevin caught it on video, <laughs> and that was when we were in this clown room and we were shooting one of our stand-ups, and one of the actors came up and spooked her something fierce because she literally flew like four <laughs> feet back. Yeah. It was almost like she got blasted out. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, just for a teaser, just a taste, and it would be really cool for you to support the people who run the place. Uh, we did an interview with the owners, and it's a uh, two brothers and a sister, and um, they we put their video up already on Facebook, and uh, we have it on our Twitter page, and I think our YouTube channel, and uh, it kind of has some it's has some B roll of kind of the what we experienced in, as well as talking about their you know reason for creating the place and how you can go check it out. We really want you guys to go support the places that we visit because they let us come in for free and they let us kind of just do whatever we want. And that's very cool. And, you know, they're still trying to run an establishment and they've got paying guests there and stuff. So uh, believe me, if you like haunted houses, what's really awesome, it's two, you know, different attractions. So there's Rotten Manor, which is the haunted house. It's huge. It takes you like a half hour, 35 minutes to get through it. And there's so many different crazy rooms and it's really Intricate, and then there is the Rotten Forest, which is kind of you know you go down these walking paths and then find yourself in these particular buildings. And they have a brand new attraction this year. Uh, they call the Gingerbread House, which is the just the the craftsmanship that went into building that thing is really great. Oh yeah, it's yeah. very realistic. <laughs> yes, it was. And then there was, you know, of course, the the lady like the witch. It's kind of a an Hansel and Gretel kind of style. And uh, of course, Jenna went into the oven. So, yes, I did. Uh, yeah, that's all that stuff to look forward to. That's it. All right, uh, the MHSA's media and content coordinator Jeff Kimmerly. He's going to join us on the phone in just a bit. Selection Sunday. This Sunday, there will be lots of five and four teams getting in. Uh, we're going to talk to him in a bit. Matt Mowry and Chuck Pellerito were at our final rivals series matchup for the year. We decided on kind of early this week that we were going to cover the Ithaca at Shepherd matchup. So that's the game we went to. Uh, Matt's already written a couple of articles on it. You can read it right now at statechampsnetwork.com, but he will call a, call in to tell us how that one turned out. Alan True has another recruit report and the latest Be the Referee segment, which talks about automatic first downs. That's also coming up. Quickly, just want to thank our sponsors, Lawrence Technological University. You can recruit yourself for one of the 24 sports offered here at LTU. Go to ltuathletics.com. Hungry Howie's, famous for flavor. Uh, I think that Big Play Slay was supposed to be at the Southfield game. I did not see him, but then again, uh, everybody was kind of covered up in their big coats and hats and stuff, so he 
could have been there. Uh, but, um, you know, we always appreciate him coming out to support high school football and being the Mr. Football Ambassador for Hungry Howies. The Michigan High School Athletic Association uh, is also a sponsor. Check out, uh, you know, their banner link at our website that will take you directly to their score page. And uh, uh, subscribe to MHSAA.TV. I really encourage it just because they've got so many live football games there every week. And if you want to, you know, watch playoffs of your favorite teams, you don't get an opportunity. And you want to see more than just highlights, you can go there. Six bucks a month. That's a value. And again, Jeff Kimberly will be joining us later. All right. It's week nine. Time for the scores. And we're going to begin with teams ranked in our state champs top 25. All righty. So number one, Muskegon dominated Muskegon Reese Puffer 56 to 0 and it's the fifth shutout for Muskegon. Number 2 Belleville won against Plymouth for 41 to 14 in the KLAA Championship. And number 3 Chippewa Valley beat Utica 35 to 20. Number 4 West Bloomfield won against Warren De La Salle 16 to 8. And number five, Oak Park took on Oxford. They won 35 to 7 and Birmingham Groves lost to Brownstown Woodhaven. 20 or excuse me 49 to 28 and this is the second time in school history Woodhaven goes undefeated and number seven Midland lost to Midland Dow 42 to 7 number eight Lake Orion won against Monroe 45 to 27 number 10 Chelsea beat Ann Arbor Skyline 38 to 7 number 11 Edwardsburg beat Pawpaw 44 to 14 Number 12, Wald Lake Western won against Wald Lake Central, 42-7. Number 13, Dearborn Fordson. Oh, they beat Brighton. I'm from Brighton. <laughs> but it's okay. They won 46-35. to Brighton's still in the playoffs, so. All right, go black and orange. Yeah. <laughs> and number 15, Lapeer, they won against Davison, 24-21. to um, two, two overtimes? Yeah, two overtimes. Wow, that's for the, for the title there. Mm-hmm, blue title game. Number 16, Byron Center won against Holland, 59-13. First time in school history that they are undefeated, Byron Center. Uh, number 17, Celine, they won against Grand Blank, 45-27. Granville lost to Caledonia, 56-35. And then number 19, Rockford beat East Kentwood, 17-7. South Lyon won against South Lyon East, 42-18. And Gross Point South lost to Romeo, 38 to 20. Number 24, Battle Creek Lakeview beat Battle Creek Harper Creek, 21 to zero. And then number 25, River Rouge beat Southfield A and T, 31 to 24. Yes. So that is uh, what we had going in our top 25. Some really interesting things, and I'm sure Scott will have all kinds of comments on them. Uh, quickly for me, uh, just for uh, what I'm noticing here, Plymouth suffers their first loss. They lose to Belleville. That's no shame in that. Obviously, they've had an amazing season, so they don't win the KLAA title, uh, but they also don't go undefeated. Uh, Belleville does remain undefeated, and beating a really good Plymouth team uh, who had beat all comers 41-14 to shows that Belleville is really rocking as they head into the Division One playoffs. So uh, they are obviously going to have home field advantage throughout, so that's going to be very important for them. We'll see how far uh, they go this year. Uh, Chippewa Valley just continues to roll. Warren D. LaSalle, so they lose to West Bloomfield, and they are now 5-4 and four on the year. They will get into the playoffs. I can almost predict that um, just because um, they've had so many playoff points and and. That's the way that'll roll. But again, a close game, 16-8, not surprised. Uh, there were a couple other things that um, I did notice that were a surprise to me. Uh, number one is that Caledonia, who I believe, I don't know if they were 5-4 and four or 4-4, four and five or four and um, I know that they are now either 5-4 and four or they're 4-5 and five on the year um, because the record, they couldn't have played nine games already coming in. But to beat Granville, who we had, again, ranked 18th, but, and put up 56 on them is a big win uh, for those guys. So, uh, And the game that I was out tonight, we're going to talk to uh, River Rouge headman Corey Parker in just a little bit. And... Um, you know, they beat Southfield. Southfield loses. They end their season. So they're four and five. Really disappointing for the Warriors. I will give them credit. They had a valiant comeback in the second half. 
they were trailing by a couple of scores, uh, but River Rouge, you know, always found a way to fight back, to bounce back. And River Rouge going into the playoffs now with back-to-back Division One wins, and that was over Detroit Catholic Central and now Southfield A&T. So very, very good uh, on their part. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to move this show along right now, and uh, we'll talk to Scott when he gets back. But we'll uh, go ahead and take a break because, again, we've got several call-ins. We're going to be talking to Corey Parker, Jeff Kimmerly, and we're going to talk to, of course, Matt Mowry coming up. So we still got a lot to get to, but let's take our first time out. But right now, here's this week's Be the Referee. Welcome to Be the Referee with veteran MHSAA official Sam Davis. Today we're going to talk about one of the biggest rule difference areas in high school football from those rules used in college and pro games and that deals with the automatic first down. When watching the college game on Saturday or the pro game on Sunday, all of us know there are several defensive fouls that give the offense an automatic first down. However, under high school rules, the opposite is true most of the time. The only high school fouls that result in an automatic first down for the offense are the roughing fouls. Roughing the passer, the kicker, the holder, and the long snapper. Fouls such as defensive pass interference or any other personal fouls do not bring an automatic first down under high school rules. Thanks, Sam. You can be a referee. Go online now to MHSAA.com to register. Be the Referee is a production of the MHSAA Network. I admit it. I love working with money, negotiating, and making big decisions. That's why I'm majoring in finance and economics at Lawrence Tech. What's truly amazing about the education here is the small class sizes that give me easy access to my professors who truly care about my future. They even helped me get a great internship. And I was able to fulfill my lifelong dream of playing college golf. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. The greatest honor a high school senior student-athlete can earn? Detroit Athletic Club's Athlete of the Year. You're one of the tops in your sport. Prioritize education and giving back, like Cassius Winston, Megan Bobian, Rakia Jackson, and Aiden Hutchinson did. Six male, six female nominees earn $1,000 in scholarship money, with $5,000 each to be awarded at a red carpet gala in downtown Detroit. Nominations accepted now. Download the application, DACAthleteoftheyear.com. Hungry Howie's wants to thank you. Yes, you, how long can I stay on this couch guy? Super dad who prevented birthday disaster. And the late night study group that ordered 17 pizzas. Thank you to the holy moly did you see that fans. And thank you, whole slice and one bite kid. Because for every pizza sold in October, we make a donation to the National Breast Cancer Foundation. And together we've raised nearly $3 million just by doing what you love. Hungry? Howie's. This is Alan True from 24-7 Sports with this week's State Champs Recruit Report brought to you by My Stupid Aid. And we talked a little bit in last week's Recruit Report about how Southfield A&T wide receiver Christian Fitzpatrick may make a decision to commit to Louisville. And that ended up happening over the weekend as Fitzpatrick took an official visit with the Cardinals and then announced his commitment shortly after. He now joins his brother, Desmond Fitzpatrick, star wide receiver on the team for at least one season at Louisville. A one-time Washington State commit, Fitzpatrick cited the opportunity to play with his brother, but also the progress the team has shown under new head coach Scott Satterfield as reasons he made the change. Another State of Michigan player made his decision this week. That is Birmingham Groves' Ralph Donaldson, who visited Ball State, earned an offer from the Cardinals, and quickly made a decision to commit to them. Donaldson joins a long line of Michigan players to head down to Muncie, including Willie Sneed, Nolan Given, Corey LaCanaria, and others. A very fast track athlete, Donaldson could play linebacker, strong safety, some combination of the two, and has also had an outstanding senior season as a running back. 
over in Happy Valley, former Orchard Lake St. Mary's wide receiver KJ Hamler put on an outstanding performance that made him the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. And there were some recruits from Michigan in the house at Happy Valley in order to see that performance. One of them was Oak Park safety Jalen Mines, who walked away with a scholarship offer from the Nittany Lions. He now says they're one of his top schools, and they obviously have a commitment from his senior defensive back mate, Enzo Jennings. Jalen will check out Purdue this week. The Boilers also have a commitment from one of his teammates in Malik Carr. He's still open in his process and now has 11 scholarship offers, but Penn State has made an impression. For this week's State Champs Recruit Report, I'm Alan True. The Recruit Report is brought to you by My Student Aid, Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. Go to michigan.gov slash mistudentaid for more information. Hey guys, welcome back to Michigan Extra Point Live. Look who has joined us here inside the video podcast room. It's Scott Bernstein. I was telling everybody it's a little bit of a hike yeah, from coming, Rochester Hills. Yeah, com- coming from uh, northern Oakland County down here to southern Oakland County. I had to, you know, get get, get my uh, get on my jets. Give us a brief recap of the game you were at. Uh, I went into a really good uh, game, a uh, crosstown rivalry between uh, Rochester Adams and Stony Creek. Rochester Adams would have been, um, you know, not a heavy favorite, but a considerable favorite. Stony Creek played tough with them, was up 14-7 at the half. Um, Adams got all three of their touchdowns in a 21-14 victory from the coach's son, Anthony Petrito, who is yeah. an electric playmaker, 28 touchdowns over the last two years, um, has only been a, a starter since his junior year, yep. has no scholarship offers yet. Plays um, both ways. Plays both ways. He's like the uh, the quintessential slot back. You know, he, he he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can stretch the field on on uh, uh, fly routes and going across the middle. And then you know he's dangerous on that veer attack, uh, mm-hmm. getting that jet sweep. And, he's a tough kid because yeah. he's really he's like play safety. You know, and he'll be a guy who comes up wants to play. He is skinny. Yeah, I mean he's like you know what I mean. He, does, he doesn't look like much, but when yeah. you see him play, he's he just tough. he pops. I he mean, does. He, he's he's got a, I give him credit, he's got an man. extra gear in him. Yeah. Um, you kind of don't expect him to be that fast, and right. he 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 uh, speeds by defenders, and he's got a a, a lot of uh, you know hustle with that muscle, right. and uh, a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, great juke moves in the open field. Yeah, and uh, you know one thing that you know was you know coach. Petrito talking about his son said he just has a this that kind of uncanny knack to make big plays at the biggest moments in the game. Um, game was tied in the uh, final four minutes of the game with about three ten left on the uh, clock. Petrito caught a uh, young young man, Anthony Petrito caught a fifty uh, six yard touchdown pass from Carter Ferris, proved to be the game winner. Yeah, um, Adams ends the season at eight and two. There'll be a, a a tough out in the playoffs. Stony Creek. This was a team under Nick Merlo, a second year uh, under Merlo. They got a really really uh, under-the-radar um, mini-superstar in um, Zach Denna, their running back. He, I think he's approaching 20 touchdowns for the year. Um, he's a guy that has kept them in games against competition that they yeah. have no business being in games with. Absolutely. So they're 5-4 and four right now. They needed this win for the automatic qualifier, but, you know, Let's see if those playoff points work out and they can sneak in at 5-4. and four. Stony Creek hasn't made the playoffs in six seasons. Okay, well, that is a great segue because who we have on the line right now is uh, a representative of the MHSAA. And if you read any of the second half website, then you probably see a lot of his work. And maybe you see him out in the games. His name is Jeff Kimmerly. He is the MHSAA media and content coordinator. He's been busy this fall. Yes, yes, <laughs> no doubt about it. And he joins us now. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing tonight? We are doing great. Thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes because, you know, I know at the MHSAA headquarters, this is when it really gets crazy because uh, Selection Sunday is in two days. Yeah, it's really is. It's the culmination of about five and a half, six months of work um, for us, to be honest, because we start getting scheduled and things gathered in April and Tonight we're gathering scores like crazy, and tomorrow I think we have 14 more games to go, and Sunday we'll be in the office early, and hopefully by about noon we'll have everything figured out and, and ready to go for uh, selection Sunday to come out at 7 o'clock. So it's a, it's a busy weekend, but it's a lot of fun too. Yeah, this is one of those unique years, I think, and we've been seeing this kind of trend where uh, there are just a, not a lot of automatic qualifiers. 
um, you know, throughout. We just haven't seen a whole ton of six-win teams, which means uh, that there are going to be teams five and four who are getting into the playoffs uh, at, you know, it seems to me like a record level, but I, I know that you can tell me if, if this is following the, the trend that it's been going with how many five and four teams will get in. And the unique thing is then because of all these five and four teams, that's when we start seeing teams dropping down a division or, or playing up just depending on how many are qualifying, correct? Yeah, so, I mean, you're right on the right track there. We had our record for additional qualifiers, the 5-4 and four teams, 4-4 four and four teams last year with 43, and I think we're going to blow that away yeah. uh, this weekend. I, I had guessed 198 automatic qualifiers, right. looking at who had a chance this weekend and, and kind of just forecasting who I thought would win, and we're at 198 right now, so... Okay. Uh, with the chance of, I think, four or five more tomorrow that can get in with a win. So regardless, we're going to, we're going to break that 43 record. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think that means that a lot of people played each other. And to be honest, there are a lot of really good five and four teams out there. And, and you know what? There were some crazy upsets this week by teams that finished three and six over teams that were supposed to win leagues. So I, li- I like, uh, sorry, Jeff. Anything can happen. Oh no, it's, it's just it, it, it's kind of nutty that way, but it's, it's also more fun. I think. I mean, too. I'm I'm there's a there's a big part of me that really likes the the new format, just in the sense that we're rewar- we're rewarding teams that want to play a tougher schedule. We, we're rewarding teams. We're, we're saying that maybe at five and four, you're just as good as a six and three or seven and two team. Um, on the other side of it. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up, the elephant in the room. Uh, you know, there was a mini controversy in the last couple of days. The Free Press has done a, a bit of an expose on it. I, 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 yeah, and it's, I think it's a kind of he said, he said, he said. So we don't know for sure. Harper Woods, Chandler Parker saying they didn't have a game scheduled. The Catholic League is saying we scheduled it. Uh, either way, they're, they're, they state kind of uh, uh, state pat for uh, standard pat for uh, week nine, knowing that they were automatically in with uh, was it with the five with a four and three record or a four and four record? Well, so I, I, they're not automatically in. That's the thing okay. about where this whole thing sits. Cranbrook with a win would have been in automatically at six and three. Yes, Cranbrook with no game is in a five and three because they only played eight games and won five. Chandler Park at four and five, if they were to lost to Cranbrook, Cranbrook would have not been able to get in. Yep. At four and four, they have a chance as an additional qualifier, but I don't think it's by by any means guaranteed. Um, so I guess, you know, it's an interesting situation. Obviously, it's one uh, next year, you know, hopefully things like that just don't happen. Uh, you're right. Teams will get more points for a good loss. I think one of the things that will be interesting is seeing what I guess the reaction is when there's no more uh, automatic qualifiers in terms of win total. Um, you know, that was one of the things the Coaches Association, when they put this uh, proposal out there, said that we really can't have a, a automatic qualifier by wins because that will throw off this entire thing. And, and their goal was to make scheduling easier for a lot of these good teams that have a hard time fighting games. So, I think that might be something we miss a little bit, to be honest. I think there's a lot of good news that happens when teams say that six wins or, or whatever. But at the same time, um, you know, we're excited to see after 20 years of this current system uh, how the next one hopefully will get a lot more of these, you know, these week nine games like Clarkson, Cast Tech. Granted, Clarkson didn't have the same kind of year this year, but the fact that you have two great programs getting together uh, for a season finale game. I, doesn't love that. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see how that works. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was at River Rouge Southfield tonight, you know, which is a Division yeah, exactly, Three, Division exactly. One game, and you know, right. uh, Southfield was playing for their proverbial lives, you know, yes. uh, but playing yep. for River Rouge, you know, who generally plays in a league that, um, you know, we can all say it, they're, you're they're not be the t- class you're not be, of the you're league. You're not going to be tested as much in that, in that league schedule unless right. you're someone like right. Corey and you're trying to go out there and, and schedule a tough competition in the non-league. And he really is. So we had Grand Rapids Catholic Central in week one, which they lost, uh, but a good game, good program. They came down and played River Rouge at their place, and then they ended the season with Detroit Catholic Central I mean, and as Southfield. A, as so. a player, I know I'm going back, I'm dating myself 20-plus years, but I mean, as a player, I always wanted, I'd rather play in a big game atmosphere against a team that I have a chance to possibly lose to than just, you know, Cupcake City. 
And I think most kids feel like that. I mean, at a certain, well, the play- at a certain point, you can only pad your stats, so, you know, for, through, through so many uh, possessions. Yeah, you want to play tough teams going into the yeah. playoffs because it's one and done from here on out. So uh, we have Jeff. Well, and, and yeah, go, was, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say the game I watched tonight, uh, you know, I watched a lot of Frank with New Lothrop's. We had that on our network. These are two 8 0 teams, you know, and obviously they scheduled this far before they were 8 0, but they, you know, what. what they had already locked up their league titles or anything else. I right. totally agree with you. What better game to play going into the playoffs than somebody else who has a great chance to be at Ford Field? There's no other, but there's no better way to prepare. So Bat- I, and I, being battle tested is so important. So, sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Keep oh, interrupting. No, no, no. He said being battle tested. Being yeah. battle tested is so important, important for a yeah, playoff yeah. run. I'm, I've seen it in uh, in football. I've seen it in other sports where a team comes in with a gaudy record, but I've seen them during the regular season, and I've seen they haven't been tested before. And then they get that right, first right. test in districts or in regionals, and they just it shakes them because they haven't seen that type of competition all year. So, I, and a lot of times, whether it be basketball, sometimes I'd rather be fourteen and six than nineteen and one. In football, sometimes I'd rather be seven and two than nine and zero, oh, or yeah. six and three than. Well, than, look, Catholic Central tomorrow can get to five and four. Generally, a five and four team from the Catholic League right. Central will get in. Yeah. Uh, they already beat Orchard St. Mary's a couple weeks ago. They play them again tomorrow. If they get in at five and four, having played Orchard Lake St. Mary's twice, Brother Rice. Uh, to play King, you know, they're as tested as anybody in that five and four that we start over again. So it's, it's, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Out of that Catholic Central, I think there's been two teams in the last decade that either came in at five and four or four and four. Brother Rice and Orchard Lake St. Yeah. Mary's one year came in at four, four and four right. and won a title. And Rice came in at five and four yes, and, and, five won, and, four. and won a state yeah. title. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, I wanted to ask you before we let you go how did you get into this crazy business? This was crazy business. Yes, um, high school, high school sports. <laughs> you know, I so I started at the State Journal 20 years ago, uh, actually maybe 21 years ago, and I was a senior at Michigan State as a part-timer, and then I came back right out of college and uh, became their prep editor, just thankfully fell into that job. And I had always wanted to do the college thing more, Yeah. Um, but I quickly really just kind of fell in love with the whole um, – high school atmosphere and and what these games mean to their communities and how there's just so many good stories. There's more good stories at the high school level than there is at any level of athletics. And these are people that want to talk to the media um, and things like that. And I had played high school sports. That meant a lot to me. And so I stayed at the State Journal for 12 years. I came over to the MHSAA about eight years ago because I figured, you know, there are kind of like what you guys are doing as state champs. There are a lot less media covering high schools. You guys are filling in um, and bringing that coverage back for people. We're trying to do that with second half as well. And, uh, yeah, we just want to keep telling these great and helping to have a great impact on, on these students as they're, as they're growing up and, and, you know, learning from all these opportunities. And, yeah, it, in nights like this, this is one of the most fun for all of us. Yeah, we appreciate you. You know, again, I, I love the work you do at Second Half and the and the other contributors. I know Tom Marskowski, uh, you know, still does some stuff uh, for you Absolutely. guys. Yep, yep. And uh, of course, you know, we love Tom. And uh, um, you know, I just, I, I'll be honest with you, I love it. Yeah, but I just discovered it. I've, and I've really? been in this business for what 11, 12 years. Right. I, in the last five years, I probably discovered the Second Half. Those yeah. up until like two thousand. Let's say when did you guys start Second Half? Has it always been? Uh, there? We started. About seven and a half. Okay, so maybe I was yeah. maybe I was just a year or two late, yeah. but I, I remember coming across it. Oh, this is this is kind of this is really good content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is, and it's great for us because yeah. we're writing highlights for you know, for instance, we have right now that we just uploaded our complete uh, boys tennis. Uh, state finals show and uh, we have up our uh, girls golf show that's going right now and it's hard for a lot of us who can't be you know we have our camera guys at the events but you guys kind of help fill in with some of the interesting storylines that we could add to the highlights and for reporters and I mean, when, when, when it comes to state finals you go to the second half they got great uh, great information company. for you and uh, previews stat, stats everything and, yeah stuff that's just the reporters, well, and the, reporters and the best, best friend for us is- well, and the thing about it for us is you guys actually having cameras there. And I told, um, I think told Jonathan this, Jonathan Kip earlier today, yeah. or maybe it was yesterday, the fact that you guys are there getting this stuff where no one else, these, you guys know, the yeah. media is just, 
it doesn't isn't able to cover press as much as they used to, and they still mean as much to people as they ever did. So the fact that you guys have cameras there, the fact that we're getting this is like what the second or third year we've done some work, a lot of work with you guys. Yeah, it's for been sure. A lot of fun for us. Yeah, and there's no reason, um, you know, that it's awesome to be able to go ahead and kind of cross promote and tell people all these great things and. You know, we try and get your stuff out there, and you guys do an awesome job of talking about some of the things we're trying to do. And I don't know. We're just really happy. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, we appreciate that, Jeff, and we appreciate you guys. And you're right. I mean, there we're, we're kind of the uh, the last bastions here in Michigan that are, are, are you last know. Last vestiges of right. old school yeah, journalism. Carrying the torch yeah. for uh, high school sports. There and you go. Uh, it's there you re- go. it is really a shame for, you know, the, the lack of coverage that, that we see now. I mean, I, you know, we've been doing state champs. Uh, since 2002, and gosh, I remember some of the the playoffs and state finals that we would go to, and even just game, big games, and literally it was just littered with media. And now you'd be lucky to find two or three. You and know? the and the gyms and the stadiums were yeah. more full, and uh, yeah. there was more of a buzz, and there was less. And you know, uh, there are platforms and social media about. distraction. Go ahead. Sure. I was just going to say, there's still a lot of places that do a, an awesome job. Especially yes. The more north you go, yes. Um, you know, it's it's the one show in town. And hey, I get it. I was in the media. I understand. There's a ton to do when you also have pro teams to cover and college teams to cover, and and your resources just continue to. I don't know. Just they decrease more and more. Get depleted. Hey, I'm glad that you guys, and I'm glad that we can help step in and 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 fill some of these things in, and really. You know, we try and do as much promoting of, of the other media, too, and, and letting people know what they're doing because we're all kind of in this thing together and we all want to tell the great stories. And, and so I think we're, 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 we're trying to do that. Thank you so much, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, when, uh, for the people who are listening and watching right now, uh, the selection show, when does that start? I know it's on Fox Sports Detroit Sunday night. Uh, just give us the, the quick promo there. Sure. And the, the key is it's on Fox Sports Detroit Plus. Okay, plus. So make sure you're going to the Plus Network. It's at 7 o'clock. You can also watch it on FoxSportsDetroit.com. Uh, if you have the uh, the Fox Go app, you can watch it on there. And uh, it'll be available on demand, I'm sure, after that. But 7 o'clock is uh, when you want to see that. All the pairings will be up at 8 p.m. on MHSA.com. And we'll be on our way. Oh, yeah. I know the site crashes oftentimes at like 8 o'clock because everybody's right. trying we to, tried to. We tried to avoid that. So hopefully we got Okay. It. I hope I didn't jinx you, you know. So, uh, Jeff Kimberly, the MHSA Media and Consent Corner, thank you for calling. Let's do it again during the playoffs. Absolutely. Have a good night, guys. All right, you got Thanks, it. Jeff. We'll see you later. That is Jeff Kimberly. Uh, really appreciate him calling. Okay, real quick, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I know that we're running a little long tonight, uh, but, hey, we're right before the playoffs. So uh, we're going to get to our other key games right now. So Jenna's going to read some more scores, and uh, then we are going to take another break. We'll come back. We've got River Rouge uh, head coach Corey Parker hopefully uh, on on tap here real soon and then Matt Mowardy to talk about the Ithaca Shepherd game so we still got some more show hang in there Jenna fill us in <laughs> all right so Detroit Tenby and Detroit King uh Detroit King is up right now we don't have the final it's, I'm sure the game is over by now it's 11 o'clock at night <laughs> so uh I do not have a final on that I believe I that think, Detroit yeah, yeah Scott will work on that uh, yeah. But go ahead. And that is the PSL championship. Right. Cas Tech beat Clarkston 49-14. to St. Joseph fell to Portage Northern 27-21. to uh, Our small school number 20, Ithaca, beat Shepard 29-12. to This is also our state champs rival game. Our small school number fa- number 5, New Lathrop, beat Frankenmuth 42-22. to Puamo Mesfalia took on Williamston. They won 41 to nothing. Portland lost to Montague 18 to 14. Menominee beat Hopkins 48 to 38. Kingsford lost to Marquette 31 to 7. First outright GNC title since the 70s. Muskegon Oak Ridge beat Traverse City St. Francis 25 to 20. Temperance Bedford lost to Coldwater 28 to 14. Harbor Beach beat Elkton Pigeon Bay Laker 21 to 6. Jonesville fell to Grass Lake 26 to 24. Houghton lost to Hancock, 28-6. That is in the Copper Bowl. Lanesburg lost to Hemlock, 36-14. Ishpeming Westwood Westwood beat Nagani. Nagani, thank you, thank you. 
Uh, they won 42 to 14. Beale City won more against Morley Stanwood 21 to 14. Richmond beat Ortonville. Brandon, 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 Brandon. Yeah, that was a uh, misprint. That was a misprint. Yeah, I could have been a contender. Yeah, Marlon Brando. Uh, Richmond <laughs> won that thirty to twenty. Um, Hudsonville Unity Christian beat Zeeland East fifty-five to twenty-eight. And we have our eight-player football. Martin lost to Climax Scotts, or excuse me, no, they, they won, won yeah. twenty-six to twenty-four. Sutton's Bay beat Messick 27 to 18, and then finally Deckerville beat Peck 48 to nothing. And then I'll uh, fill in from uh, fill in everybody on what happened in the PSL. Okay. Uh, Detroit King uh, beats Detroit Denby 27 six. It's their tenth PSL championship since the year 2000. They've played in 16 of the 19 uh, PSL championship games. So uh, it's it's it, you think of. Uh, the PSL over the last 15, 20 years, a lot of times you'll, you'll, you'll say Cass, but you know, King has is, King is, uh, made a pretty big imprint themselves in, in, in what's been going on in, in football in the city. Uh. And interestingly, it looks like if, if the prognostications, and again, the five and fours are going to throw things around, it looks like they're going to be in Division Two this year. Yeah. So last year, they you remember, it was, it was Division Three, It was King that and Muskegon. Cl- that clash of the Titans. That's and, right. So uh, King will have, you know, and I would say I mean, overall. King ups- and that was an upset. I mean, everyone yeah. was expecting Muskegon to come in there and. Oh, yeah, and, for and sure, for sure. So, I mean, I would say they're going to go in most likely the favorite to win Division II, uh, and we'll see how things Freshman play out. Freshman quarterback, DJ yep. Moore, uh, you know, has been as advertised. Um, he's got a very nice freshman wide receiver in Kenny uh, Merriweather. Obviously, you got uh, Penny Boone in the uh, carrying the ball, the Maryland commit, yep. and a lot of really nice talent Rashawn on defense. Rayshon Williams, Williams um, catching the ball. Yep. Um, but on defense, you know, you got uh, – uh, guys like Jalen Reed and um, DeAndre Buford up up front on the line. Okay, good. We're going to take another timeout, but quickly, this from the MHSA. Did you hear the news? Studies of high school football players who played 50 to 60 years ago did not, I repeat, not show an increased risk of neurological disorders compared to their non-playing classmates. And the game now is a lot safer than it was then. High school sports, including football, have never been safer, and sports participation is a good part of a young person's overall education. Learn more at the health and safety page of the MHSAA website. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Okay, guys, we'll be right back. And as you get a nice little close-up look of the back of Jenna's laptop with a bunch <laughs> of interesting You do know you want a contest to spend a whole day with me, right? Mm-hmm. And you just want to sit here and eat this delicious pizza? We could do other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little help? Mm. the best day ever! Some people will do anything for flavor. Now get a meal deal to fit any budget at the home of Flavored Trust. Hungry? Howie! The greatest honor a high school senior student-athlete can earn? Detroit Athletic Club's Athlete of the Year. You're one of the tops in your sport. Prioritize education and give them back, like Cassius Winston, Megan Bobian, Rakia Jackson, and Aiden Hutchinson did. Six male, six female nominees earn $1,000 in scholarship money, with $5,000 each to be awarded at a red carpet gala in downtown Detroit. Nominations accepted now. Download the application, DACAthleteoftheyear.com. I chose Florence Tech for the architecture program and volleyball team. Architecture is a great fit for me because I love math and design. Now I combine them with technology to create beautiful structures. At Lawrence Tech, I didn't have to wait until my third year to start designing. Our hands-on education begins right from day one. And I'm really excited about LTU's design center in Detroit. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Hey 
guys. Welcome back inside the video podcast room in the State Champ Sports Network studios on the campus of Lawrence Technological University. My name is Lauren Plant. We've got Scott Bernstein and Jenna Skelsky here. And on the phone now joining us is the head man for River Rouge, Corey Parker. Corey, how you doing, coach? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Well, we're doing great. We're doing great. So I had the opportunity to shoot your game tonight, a big win, 31-24 over Southfield A&T. You came into their house, and you guys got yourself a win. And I know I talked to you a little bit after the game, but we can talk about uh, you know the, the way the season has progressed for you guys this year. And, uh, again, playing a couple of really tough teams uh, at the end of the season to get you ready for the playoffs. Talk about first the game tonight. You guys had a pretty good lead. Uh, you know, you were having a successful play from your quarterback, Robowski, as well as Bully, the running back, who also uh, scored a couple of touchdowns. But Southfield played their way back in it in the second half, got it within seven points. Talk about uh, just kind of the way the game ebbed and flowed tonight and how you felt your guys performed. I thought, uh, you know, going into the playoffs, uh, you can't ask for a better situation. You got to work the timing of the game, timeouts, crucial times where you just need first downs. Um, and or you got to, you know, you got to break away for touchdowns too. Uh, and in defense, we got to find a way to make crucial tackles and crucial plays. And so I thought the game put us in a situation where that's nothing you can simulate at practice. It's just a great opportunity for us to get some repetition at a high pressure, intense environment. And, uh, uh, for us, it was, hey, we got to find a way to, stop them from surging back. I mean, these guys are trying to fight to make sure that they got an opportunity to play football next week. So we knew we were going to get their best in the second half. Um, you know, and, and so they made some adjustments on what we were doing defensively for them. They were able to move the ball a little bit better. And so we had to, you know, play a little check and make another adjustment to make some stops. We got the penalty uh, in the process to celebrate post-play. And uh, we got to clean that up. I mean, our kids play with so much excitement. But so many of them are just juniors and, and, and sophomores running around and everything. They're having fun. You know, I, I graduated eight guys on my defense last year. And, uh, you know, not knowing, you know, what I was getting to get from, I just told them, they just focus some intensity and pride and everything else will work itself out. And that's what they've been doing. So I'm happy with the way that they finished the game. But it took a senior to shine Walker to catch the interception that's right. uh, against the screen pass to finish the game up. That was clutch. Yeah, it was. It was you, you got just some, a little bit of time left. You got some uh, real kind of uh, undervalued, underrated playmakers. Uh, last year you had a little more maybe high-profile talent. But, you know, Corey, yeah. is there a more appropriately named running back in the state of Michigan than DeAndre Bully? I mean, he is a brute. <laughs> we have a lot of great power yeah. backs in Michigan right now, uh, guys that, you know, just love to go up in between the tackles and mix it up in the trenches. Uh, and DeAndre is kind of uh, the epitome of that. Can you kind of talk about uh, his style of running and, and how it's benefited It's like you guys? Jerome Bettis. Yeah, like a battering ram. Yeah, so yeah, so, so Bully is, is that intriguing body type that he can carry 245 pounds, but he moves like somebody that's 205 pounds. He, his feet are just so great that he sees, he's, and his eyes are great too, so he sees things that are happening on the field. He's able to cut on the dime jump cut, get vertical, make a guy miss, run over another guy, and still run away from people. So it's just it's, it's special to see how he's developed over the three years. I mean, he's been with us for all four years now. and He's just continuously gotten better. He played youth league football as a ninth grader. Um, and he was a quarterback. You know, this kid was a quarterback. Wow. And we moved him to running back uh, because, you know, all of the college coaches say, hey, this guy's a, this guy's a running back. You know, he's, he's heavy, and he's not going to have the the, the most uh, beautiful recruiting process. But the NBA, he's going to have a chance to play uh, Division One football because he has an intriguing skill of size and, and speed and power. So he did he did some great things tonight. His offensive line was able to open up some holes for him and, and give him an opportunity to uh, do you know make some plays. But he's an even better blocker. So we love what he brings to the table. He's such a humble guy the way he goes about his business. He's really waited his turn. He waited behind Alexander Carter as a uh, as a tenth grader, um, and then he waited behind Khalid Jenkins as an eleventh grader, and now it's his show. And so we just that's about the program we went. So we're happy to see how he has handled that that process and not a pressure behind being the number one guy. Is he is he committed to Akron? 
he's committed to acting right, right now. There's a lot of schools that's trying to pull him off of the thing. So he's going to get very psyched and getting closer to the same around and that's just how he makes it. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that have been intrigued with him and didn't know if they wanted a, a speed back this year or a power back. And with the way he's running away from people, I think he, he may give some university the best opportunity just to be successful um, in the run game, whether it's uh, speed or power, because he has a little bit of both. And Deshaun Walker, the linebacker that you referenced that clinched the game for you guys, he's going to Toledo, right? Correct. Is yes, that correct? He's yes. to Toledo. Okay. Yep, a similar situation. He, he had the body type of a safety. You know, he's been starting for since he's a 10th grader, and he's only about 200 pounds, so a lot of coaches were – and we don't know if he's an inside linebacker or outside linebacker or safety. But, hey, guess what? He can run and check someone. He can also run and get sack quarterbacks. But at the same time, he does a great job at uh, uh, tackling in space. So who knows what he's going to become, but not a new 225 pounds. So I'm sure there's a lot of other coaches that are still, you know, chomping at the bit. But my guys have so much loyalty towards the schools that offered them scholarships that we're we're not logo chasers at River Rouge. We're not looking for this big name deal um, that's going to come after us. Because, you know, that transfer portal is big for a reason. Kids that jump into water is a little bit too deep and come to find out they're not happy. And they, they could have went to a match and had a great experience. I play match football. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's a great conference. And I'm, I'm proud of it. And I'm proud to have some guys that are committed to match boots. Yeah, absolutely, you Coach. Don't, I think one of the lessons that I always try to tell you know, youngsters, you don't always have to go with the prettiest girl to the dance. I mean, sometimes the prettiest yeah. girl isn't the right person you should be taking to the dance because you're just going to be disappointed. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Hey, Coach, uh, I agree. <laughs> pr- pronounce your quarterback's first name. Uh, Marion. Marion. Okay, so Marion Robowski. I want to make sure because uh, we knew there was a basketball connection. Yeah, his, da- with his dad's Kevin, right? Court. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Former uh, Boston College basketball player. Yes, exactly. So, uh, again, he had, you know, he's just a junior. Uh, really, I know, you know, has had a, a solid season trying to lead this team. It was really interesting for me seeing him in week one and really trying to get a lay of the land. And then, you know, tonight he had a, a, a really critical, uh, like, 39-yard touchdown run that had put you up 17-3 to and then came back with another, like, 20-yard run. He looks the part. Yeah. He looks the part. Talk about the way he's matured over the season and the confidence you have for him to lead you now into the playoffs. I mean, the kid is physical. But he threw, he's physical in the run game, um, but he throws the ball well deep down the field. He reminds me a lot um, uh, of the style of play as a, a JT Barrett. You know, a, a great solid runner almost gives you some, some tailback skill, but I was also able to put the ball down the field um, in our deep passing concepts and give our guys chances to make plays underneath the ball or, you know, the, the comeback route that Xavier Smith was especially on tonight. So I think Marion has grown up so much. I mean, the kid played JV football last year. Right. And this kid is, is running around and just trying his, his hardest right now to, to lead a team that trusts him. And so he's got a great offensive line in front of him, and they give him some lanes to run in and some time to throw the ball. So I think his development is, is continuously coming along. I mean, I got my one of my old players, uh, you know, from UD Jesuit and from Inkster, Devin Gardner. He's around yeah. now. He's, yeah. he's checking out Marion's skill set and really just trying to identify how he can help them develop maybe in an off-season and spend a little time with each other. So that's exciting because, I mean, who, who has the opportunity to get some a little bit of tutelage from a guy that played you know, quarterback yeah. at the University of Michigan. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was. We saw him tonight. Yes, I know. He I was know. There tonight, and yeah. Our office and staff is doing such a fantastic job and just keeping things simple for him. So I really love what those guys are doing. So it's not as, as many reads and things that Emmanuel Ferguson had to do, but uh, yeah, but, but I think he's going to continuously grow with Devin, um, uh, work with him, and with Larry Johnson, our offense coordinator and quarterback coach, work with him. So I think having those dual guys working with him. Is going to really give him the chance to be special for us next year. Fantastic. Hey, Coach, just finally before we let you go, uh, we know just looking at kind of the mapatology and kind of figure things out where everyone is going to end up, it looks like King is probably going to end up in Division Two. I know there's going to be so many five and fours, so they might not be in three, uh, you know, which I know you had to play them right off the bat last year because they were in your district. Um, but just looking ahead, um, you know, you guys, I mean, if, if things play out the way they play out now, you got to play all the games. Um, but, you know, it's certainly not going to be a picnic. 
Uh, you know, even if you get out of your district, the region um, is is going to be difficult for you. So, what are you telling the guys now? And uh, where are you going to be Sunday night? You all, you guys, all going to be together? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, so usually we have it. At, I have a big party at the school, pizza and chicken, and you know, cupcakes. The, the, the cheerleaders brings uh, brownies and, and and baked goods, and so uh, we're going to have a, a big party here. Um, down here at, in River Rouge at the RNA Hall, and we're going to celebrate, you know, as soon as they announce our name and, and, and really just rejoice and, and really be, you know, uh, in the moment and just enjoy being around each other and spending some quality time. Uh, and so when you're looking at our bracket, possibly looking at, you know, all the great things that the news does, for us, it's, we don't know who we're going to play, and we just got to be the best version of us. And, 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 and if, we, if we can do that and when we do that, obviously when, like, for instance, some of the things that we did well tonight, some of the things we did versus uh, CC, and even some of the things that we did well versus Harkwood and GRCC, we, we give teams some issues if we play our best ball. So we've we got to just take it one day at a time, practice, focus on what the teams are doing schematically, make sure we put our guys in the best situation to be successful, and, and let the kids play football instead of trying to, you know, be rocket scientists about it and make it difficult for them. So, we're excited, and we'll see what happens. But uh, we'll know we'll know more on Sunday and see, you know, whether we'll have a, a downriver bracket or a Detroit bracket. And we just got to prepare and, and give it our best because those teams got players and coaches too, and they'll be ready to go as well. All right, I'm predicting you versus Orchard Lake St. Mary's in the state semifinals to play Muskegon in the finals. That's the way I'm calling it. We'll see how it works out. Uh, but, Coach, nice. th- thank you so much. Uh, highlights will be on this Sunday of your victory over Southfield tonight. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for your time, and, and good luck this week, you guys. All right. um, and I hope to talk to you soon. All Thanks, right. Coach. Thank you very much. We'll see you later. That, All right. that was River Rouge headman. Corey Parker. So, uh, and we didn't originally plan to have him on the show tonight. He just popped me after the game. Was like, "Hey, man, I'd like to call in tonight." And I was like, "Absolutely." You coaches want to call Big in, man? Dub. We're here for you. So, uh, good win for them. And again, they'll be um, they should be in a favorable bracket uh, in Division Three on their side. Let me just make one note yes, about uh, that win bouncing Southwood A and T out of the playoffs. So, to start the season, three of my top five teams in Oakland County will not be qualifying for the postseason in, well, I shouldn't say that. Two of the three will not for sure in South of A&T and Clarkston, and Catholic Central may not. Wow. So if you would have told me yeah. that before the season, yeah. that, all, that there's a chance that all three of those teams would not be even in the playoffs, let alone you know making a run towards Ford Field, I would have uh, would have laughed at you. Well, we had a rivals game tonight, and uh, uh, we kind of actually chose this matchup kind of like early in the week. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that we did because uh, we don't get an opportunity to feature these teams too often. Uh, but we will have a full detailed highlight package of the Ithaca win over Shepard tonight. Uh, we've got Ithaca ranked in our small school rankings ranked number 20 uh, they were seven and one going into this game they beat Shepard 29 to 12 Shepard needed this win to get to five and four so they had an opportunity to see if they could get in the playoffs uh, but it looks like that did not happen Matt Mowry was there in person and he joins us now on the phone how you doing Matt not bad and just to correct that they, Shepard is now five and four, so they would have gotten in automatically had they won tonight. Oh, so they okay. They still have they still have a marginal chance on playoff points, but they don't have an incredibly high total of playoff points. So the probability is not there. They really kind of needed to 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 get that automatic uh, six win, but they they do still have a chance. But you, okay. you're right. So they it's, so they were they were four and four coming into this one. Yeah. No, they're five sorry. and three coming they, in. They were five yep. and three coming in. I'm sorry. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Yep. So they yep. are five and four now. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yep. I looked and, at it and wrong. Really, like like you said, though, this was their playoff game. They they kind of needed – they were aiming at this game as kind of the, their way to get in. And you could tell at, just by the looks on the kids' faces and how long those Shepherd kids were on the field after – I mean, realistically, it was it – was, for most of the game, it was closer than the final score indicated. It was 7-6, Ithaca at the half. Both teams scored within the first minute or so of the first half, of, of the second half. And then Ithaca took advantage of a couple of um, 
short fields in the third quarter to kind of expand that lead. And really, that was all the scoring in the game. And it was, you know, just talking to the two coaches, both of them played in this rivalry as, you know, high schoolers back in the day. I think uh, Terry Hesbrook from Ithaca graduated in 84 and Ben Brock from uh, Shepard in 96. So both of them remember what this rivalry used to be. It's gone away from that over the last, you know, 10 years or so when, when Shepard's been kind of in a trough as far as, you know, talent and, and success. But both of them said this felt more like the old days when this was really, I mean, this was the, these were the two teams in the CSAA that would decide on the field, the champion of the CSA in this game, the road really went through the Shepherd, Shepherd Ithaca game for the better part of a decade. And it, it was, it was one where, you know, you, they, they kind of determined the success of their season based on this game. And so to, to see those Shepherd kids, you know, to see how much it meant to them. And they were crying on the field for a good, good portion of time after the game. And I said to the coach, Ben Brock, I said, that's almost a good thing, isn't it? I mean, because, this is a Shepherd program that since 2010 has won more than two games twice. I mean, it, 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 this is a, is a program that back in the 80s and 90s and even into the early 2000s was regularly winning 10 games a season. And to, to have them be winning, you know, averaging two wins over a 14-year span is just incredible. And so he, he kind of said, yeah, in the long run, the fact that this game meant so much to them – is probably a good thing because over the last 14 years, there was kind of a callus built up and, and losses didn't really mean that much. There were so many of them, people got over them pretty fast. And, and the fact that this will stick with those Shepherd kids for a while, in terms of the growth of the program to get it back to where it was, is probably a good thing. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think the reason I, I, I said that before is because looking at the bracketology, even at 5-4, and four, it doesn't have Shepard getting in. Yeah, no, so, so, right. those, those, so those kids are crying because they kind of know, knew that, man, they left it out there and they didn't want to leave it to chance. Um, Absolutely. But, yep. you know, uh, it is what it is. So talk about the, the atmosphere tonight. You know, we haven't had a chance to, to take in uh, Ithaca much this season. What kind of a an Ithaca team do we have? We see their record now at eight and one, which is impressive. Um, sure. But this is not the Ithaca team that had the nationwide win streak, you know, for so long and everything. And quarterbacks so, that were going to yeah, power five. Yes, schools. exactly. Mister Footballs here. Uh, Travis Smith was a few years back. But what does this uh, uh, Ithaca team look like? You as they get ready to uh, head into the playoffs. Well, I think it's it's an Ithaca team that's still a contender. I mean, yeah, they're they're not as stacked as they were in that run where they would have four, five, and six playmakers. Now they have two, three, and four. They still have a pretty good quarterback. Brady Hesbrook is uh, Terry's son. He's a junior. He can spin it pretty well, and he was he was the one who kind of took the game over on his back. He uh, second play of the or excuse me, first play of the second half. He goes 83 yards for a touchdown. One of two uh, two second half touchdowns that he scored with his feet. Um, they have playmakers and they have this this is an Ithaca team that still could go you know three four rounds deep four or five rounds deep in the playoffs it, it it also though is not quite like you mentioned it's not quite that dominant Ithaca team of maybe four or five years ago where they could they could go four or five rounds deep or they could go one round deep like they did last year and and be out it's it's one of those where their margin for error is not quite as 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 uh as deep as it was but it's it's still a team with a lot of talent yep i know it is so uh all right so we look forward to uh reading more about uh, your summary of the game and thank you for doing the rival series this uh year matt you know, no you guys were so fascinating. Yeah, you guys so compelling. were You were all over the state, and I know you guys did a lot of traveling, you and Chuck. But then um, he also did these deep dives in those, yes. in those uh, look-aheads. Yes. Where he was, you know, going into, like, history from, like, you know, the the, uh, the, yeah. the, 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 the Herbert Hoover administration. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but anyway, we appreciate what you the stuff you that did. I love, the, ge- yes. you know, the, the geek out stuff. Yes, exactly. Uh, just quickly, uh, what are some of the things that, you know, um, people can look forward to? You know, I, I, don't, I don't think I pump the website enough statechampsnetwork.com we were talking to Jeff Kimberly earlier in the show and talking about you know there just isn't the high school coverage but we're covering it and you're writing about it and Scott's writing about it so if you could kind of talk about the things that are happening at the website now that people can look forward to and if you have a, a, a preview or a teaser of what we can look forward to coming up here over the next week 
Well, obviously, over the next week, you know, the next two or three days, everything's going to be focused on, you know, what the playoffs look like. You know, we'll have all of the updated who's in, who's out probably tomorrow. And then we'll have the, the full playoff brackets once they come out Sunday night. You know, and then we'll, we'll probably get together like we have in the past and do staff picks and, and kind of figure out, you know, who, who we think might win. And those are always the fun things. They don't mean anything, as as we all know, but they're fun to do because it kind of forces you to look at what the entire field has to offer and they're also fun because you know every once in a while you get a little bit of ribbing from somebody who you, you picked against when when they actually uh some are able get to really some people get really oh, upset <laughs> and you're absolutely. like you're like it's just all in good fun man yeah i know i know and, well, it's, well, and it's usually somebody who just draws yeah, straws and picks yeah. you know i like the mascot who ends up winning no, but so I bet, watch I bet, jenna I bet, will win the pool this this year all right, you know what? i've had <laughs> coaches that come that up to me there. and they're like really <laughs> sore at me because i didn't pick them yeah oh absolutely yeah and well, I, funny story, Ben ahead. Brock, who's the uh, who's the coach at Shepherd now. I had never met him in person. I knew of him because he had been a player at Shepherd, but he was gone by the time I was covering things up in that area. And when we were conversing, you know, setting up the coverage for this game, he said, "Hey, yeah, you remember when I was up in Grayling and you picked against me when my my uh, team <laughs> oh, came down no, and, and played Alma?" And I don't know if he actually remembers that. And quite honestly, I can't verify it, but it's probably true because you know, in a small paper, that's what you do. You pick the hometown teams right. and so we, we were just laughing about it but it's those are the things that are fun and sometimes people do remember them for decades so it's 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 fun and then obviously as we roll into next week we'll be you know looking ahead toward friday and toward the playoffs and you know scott's always keeping us updated on on you know who's signing where and who's going where and i, I got a cool little blog that matt i'm sure will post uh early next week um that i do uh i, I do this uh theme called uh, five for fighting where yeah. i kind of yep. rank five yep. things so i did uh the the recruits in the senior class for the uh, football senior class in michigan the best value the five guys that represent the best value at the next next level um, and how good are you predicting that i think as a general rule i've been good i mean i've had some misses over the years my alex, Al- my alex malzone has been one of my most infamous misses uh, yeah. but my shane morris was right on i told everyone tom brady is not walking through that door and he wasn't Right. And then uh, also a uh, big commitment uh, right before this game uh, in terms of a, a, a Power 5 school, Bryce Austin, the defensive lineman from South at A&T, yep. committed to Purdue. Purdue. So that yep. will probably be in some type of uh, recruiting notebook that we got coming out for you uh, early next week. All right. I know we've been super long tonight, uh, but I will tell you, and I just kind of had the idea today, and I'm sure Matt will, will be along with it. I know Scott is. We want to do a, a playoff kind of just preview podcast that we'll do Monday. It'll be an audio-only thing where we'll just kind of talk about uh, the reactions to the matchups we're seeing, and we'll kind of break it down a little bit by division, and we'll get into it. So we'll post that on probably late Monday afternoon, early Monday evening, and give you guys an opportunity to uh, take that in if you uh, feel that you would like to check that out. And so uh, remember, also, state champs, High School Sports Show arrows every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. It's our Halloween show this week, so you get a chance to see uh, us at Rotten Manor in Holly. We love dressing up here at St. Yeah, Chance. we didn't dress up. Oh, we didn't? No, we just went to the haunted house, okay. and uh, Jenna got scared. Yeah, and we it liked was, scaring Jenna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, uh, but it was a lot of fun. We, we got scared, too. Uh, it was pretty terrifying, but also very fun, and it's a fantastic place. RottenManor.com is the website, so if you want to check it out, uh, they're open this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. They're going to be open Halloween Where night. It? It's in Holly. Oh, cool. It's in the kind of just rural Holly area. It's right off Dixie Highway, and uh, they'll be also open November 1st and November 2nd, so that weekend, so you still have lots of time to check it out. Again, if you take in both attractions, it's 40 bucks, but it's like an hour and a half. So, I mean, it's like a lot of scares. Uh, otherwise, you can do for like 26 You get your money's bucks. worth. You get your money's worth. It's fantastic. And, again, we'll have lots of videos we'll post all the way up to Halloween uh, from our experience there. So that is that. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is, again, the, the uh, Detroit Athletic Club's Athlete of the Year applications are in right now. So if you go to DACAthleteoftheyear.com, here's your qualifications. You need to be a 
first team All-Stater or projected to be one, uh, so in the winter or the spring. Uh, you need to have at least a 3.0 GPA, and you need to have exhibited some kind of leadership uh, within your school, in your community. There's so many people uh, that are doing so many great things in their community and, and give up their time. Uh, those are the ones we want to recognize, but you also need to be uh, a top athlete. That's just kind of how it works for the male and female athlete of the year. So go to DACathleteoftheyear.com, fill out the application, and get yours in um, because it's amazing. You get 1000 bucks uh, for a, a scholarship if you get nominated, 5000 each to and the you're winner. In pre- you're in pretty prestigious company. You're in a great A lot company. of guys that are yeah. in, and young ladies. and Adri- that eventually, Adrian that Hutchinson, Cassius Winston yeah, were that, just That have done some winners. pretty amazing things. Yes. And the, I think the first one ever was Shane Battier. Shane Battier was the first you know, ever. Went on to Allison know, win national Schmidt, championship Olympic swimmer. NBA uh, career, NBA yep. champion. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Rakia Jackson won last year. We expect her to be in the WNBA State, before yep. you know it. She's Cash at Mississippi State. State. Yeah, huh? Cassius Winston. I say Cassius. Best State. player yeah, yeah, in yeah. America right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so so many great things, guys. We are so long tonight. We apologize for being such a long show, but we do have some comments of the week that are presented by the MHSA, and Jenna's going to give us those. Yes, so from Facebook, Devin Backman, MAIC Whitmore Lake Trojans for the first time, champs and being in the conference for the first year. Good for them. Dwayne Gordy, the Birmingham Groves versus Woodhaven matchup was a dandy. Woodhaven pulls the shocker 49-28. to Downriver football is finally going to get some respect around was, the state. I think it was 28-28 and then Woodhaven pulled away. Second time in school history, undefeated. Uh, for Woodhaven. Uh, quarterback Josh Waters, four rushing t- uh, TDs. Clarence Corbett had two TDs also. So Warriors rolling into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb Schaefer, Breckenridge gets it done against rival St. Louis, 37-6. to The team is the real deal, and they are back on the road to Ford Field, and they don't plan on slowing down. <laughs> nice. Charles W. Murphy, upset for the night. Midland Dow over Midland High, 42-7. to Yeah, and you know, that over was... Matt, Matt's neck of the woods. That was originally going to be our rivals. Uh, Matt's still still with us? Yeah. What do you think about that? Jason Watson. Uh, well, I mean, that was one where in... in Last week's win over Mount Pleasant, a one-point win, Dow regained control of their own destiny, and they were able to play their way into the playoffs tonight. I'm not sure if their starter was able to go. He left, his starting quarterback left injured in last week's game, but they had, a, I believe, a sophomore in Caleb Studebaker come in and, and kind of fill in. So for them to roll up a die, and, and that's not a bad Midland team. That's a team that we've had ranked in the top 25 all season long that went to the semis last year and lost to Mona Shores. So for them to put a number up like that in the rivalry game, but that's the essence of those rivalry games is that you get something like that where somebody's able to stop somebody else's unbeaten season and make their own season. So so kudos to Jason Watkins and, and the, the Dow High Chargers tonight. Yep, no doubt about it. So what did we close the week? Oh, we close it with a piece of Hungry Howie's And we appreciate Hungry Howie's for sponsoring the show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Of course, MHSA, we thank Jeff Kimmerly. We thank uh, pa- River Rouge Panthers head coach Corey Parker for joining us. Of course, Matt Mauer. Uh, who was at the Ithaca Shepherd game and calling in, and uh, and of course Jenna, and of course Scott, Kevin T on the wheels of steel today. We appreciate him. David Bodine uh, ran the chat for us. We appreciate him. Everybody who commented, thank you so much. It's playout time, people. We will see you next week.